My goodness, are we going to have a boatload to talk about today? Welcome back to the World According to Aiden podcast with your host, Aiden, and co-host, Philip. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Philip, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Yeah, ready to um, talk about The Mandalorian, all that's yes. come out so far. Yeah, it'll um, it'll be interesting uh, to see what the third season will be hold. And so um, before mm-hmm. we go into talking about our anticipation for the third season, um, today, uh, Philip and I are going to talk about the first and second seasons to prepare all y'all uh, for what's to come next. If if you need to uh, have a quick brush up on um, what's happened in the last two seasons. So um, since this, we'll probably have a lot to talk about covering all of The Mandalorian. Today, we won't do trivia as well, so it will be just this one segment. So, um, yeah, let's get started on the um, episode. Oh, I mean, we've already got it started, but uh, I'll read the um, synopsis for season one. All right. <clears throat> season one, premiering in 2019 as the very first Disney Plus Star Wars original. <clears throat> A Mandalorian named Din Djarin is tasked with different pucks of bounties to bring to his boss, trade runner Grief Karga, on the planet of Navarro. The Mandalorian is also a part of an underground Mandalorian guild also on Navarro. On one of his missions, this uh, this time working for a bounty of Beskar for the, from the Empire, uh, the cold, persistent Mandalorian travels to a moon named Arvala 7 and groups up with a vapor farmer named Quill. Quill um, is an Ugnaught, and helps uh, to take the Mandalorian to his destination. And after wiping out the guards, protecting his bounty, the Mandalorian finds that his bounty is a small, green, mysterious creature. When the Mandalorian returns to his ship, he discovers that, after a serious traumatic experience, the little green creature can use the Force. After taking it to his client back on Navarro and receiving the Beskar, the Mandalorian discovers his serious attachment to the creature, who is referred to as the Child. After consideration, the Mandalorian breaks into his client's facility and retakes the Child back from them, noticing a series of tests being done on the Child before he'd taken it. Uh, after escaping the wrath of other bounty hunters, along with Grief Karga, the Mandalorian sets out on a series of adventures over the eight-episode first season, traveling to such places as Tatooine, Sorgon, uh, and a giant spaceport, meeting folks such as Cara Dune, an ex-shock uh, trooper, Fennec Shand, a mercenary, Toro Calican, an amateur bounty hunter who ends up betraying and attempting to kill the Mandalorian but fails, Pili Moto, the proprietor of the hangar docking bay in Mos Eisley on Tatooine, uh, and more. In the seventh episode, the Mandalorian returns to Navarro and is uh, given by the head armorer, uh, the Mandalorian armor, the new objective of returning the child to his own kind, the Jedi. Along the way, however, they encounter the Empire and the head of the battalion, Moff Gideon. After a fierce fallout with the Moff, the Mandalorian and the child set out on their journey and a new objective of restoring the little green creature to his rightful home. Okay, Philip, you can give your synopsis for season two. <clears throat> uh, episode, season two, episode one, The Marshal. 
Seeking other Mandalorians to help him reunite the child with his kind, the Mandalorian approaches the gangster, Gore Korsha, who attempts to kill him for his Beskar armor, but fails. Under interrogation, he reveals that a Mandalorian has been seen in the town of Mos Pelgo on Tatooine. Returning to Tatooine, the Mandalorian is reunited with the mechanic Peli Mato. Although she thought that Mos Pelgo had been destroyed, her droid R5-D4 shows them an old map. Mandalorian finds Moss Pelgo and confronts the town's marshal, Cobb Vanth, who is wearing a dark green Mandalorian armor. Vanth reveals that he is not a Mandalorian, but bought the armor from Jawas, and then used it to fight off Mining Collective and the that overtook the town after the collapse of the Empire. After Vanth and the Mandalorian witness a crate dragon eating the town's livestock, Vanth agrees to give up the armor if the Mandalorian helps kill the dragon. On the way to the dragon's lair, Vanth and the Mandalorian encounter a tribe of Tusken Raiders who agree to help them kill the dragon. Mandalorian volunteers the Moss Pelgo townspeople as reinforcements. Vanth and the Mandalorian convince the townsfolk to work with the Tuskens, who agree not to attack the town in exchange for the dragon's carcass. Together, the Tuscan and the townsfolk bury explosives in front of the cave, planning to lure the dragon out and detonate them beneath its vulnerable belly. The dragon survives the explosion and spews acid at them, inflicting heavy casualties. Mandalorian baits the dragon into swallowing him and a bantha loaded with explosives. He escapes from inside the dragon, detonates the explosives, and successfully killing it. The Tuscan raiders butcher the carcass and remove a valuable pearl. Vanth relinquishes the armor as promised, and the Mandalorian leaves on friendly terms. Meanwhile, a heavily scarred figure watches from afar. Uh, the, the Jedi from uh, Mandalorian Season 2. On the forest planet of Corvus, Ahsoka Tano confronts the Imperial Magistrate Morgan Els Elizabeth, ruler of the city of Kolodon, and her lieutenant Lang. Ahsoka gives Elspeth one day to surrender and divulge her master's location. The Mandalorian and the child arrive at Kaladon in search of Ahsoka, as directed by Bo-Katana Kreis. They are taken directly to Elspeth, who offers the Mandalorian a Beskar spear in exchange for killing Ahsoka. The Mandalorian finds Ahsoka, and she communicates with the child using the Force. She learns that his name is Grogu, and that he was raised in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. After the Jedi Order fell, Grogu was rescued and has been suppressing his powers to survive. Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu, wary of the path he could take due to his attachment to the Mandalorian and the fear and anger inside of him. Mandalorian asks if she will help get Grogu training in exchange for him helping Ahsoka confront Elspeth. Ahsoka and the Mandalorian storm the city, killing all the guards and freeing the citizens. The Mandalorian kills Lang while Ahsoka engages in a duel with Elspeth. Ahsoka defeats Elspeth and demands that she divulge the location of her master, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Ahsoka gives the Beskar spear to the Mandalorian and directs him to the ruins of a Jedi temple on Tython, where Grogu may be able to contact another Jedi, the Force. Um, the Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 6. The Mandalorian arrives with Grogu on Tython to find the ancient temple on top of a mountain. He seats Grogu at the center so that he may choose his path. Grogu meditates and a protective force field appears around him. Boba Fett arrives with the mercenary Fennec Shand, whose life he saved on Tatooine, and demands the return of his Mandalorian armor. Following a tense confrontation, the Mandalorian agrees to trade the armor for the safety of Grogu. Two Imperial troop carriers arrive, carrying stormtroopers who attempt to capture Grogu. Honoring their agreement, Fett, Shand, and the Mandalorian join forces to fend off the advancing stormtroopers. Inflicting heavy casualties. 
Boba Fett retrieves his armor and uses it to wipe out many stormtroopers before firing a rocket that destroys the fleeing troop ships. As the force field surrounding him disappears, Grogu collapses from exhaustion. Moff Gideon arrives in an Imperial light cruiser and destroys the Mandalorian's ship, the Razor Crest, from high overhead. Gideon sends out four dark troopers who capture Grogu, take him back to the cruiser. Fett and Shand agree to help the Mandalorian save Grogu to honor their debt, and the Mandalorian seeks the now New Republic Marshal Cara Dune's help in breaking out the criminal Mayfield to help track Gideon and rescue Grogu. Impressed with the force powers Grogu exhibits against his stormtroopers, Muff Gideon shows Grogu the Darksaber and has a stormtrooper stun and shackle him. After Gideon informs Dr. Pershing they have the donor. The Rescue. Uh, season 2, chapter... Uh, uh, it's the last... Uh, episode 8, yeah. Eight, yeah. yeah, my mind froze. <clears throat> the Mandalorian boards an Imperial shuttle with Cara Dune and captures Dr. Pershing. He and Boba Fett then visit Bogotan and Oscar Reeves clash with Fett over the purity of his Mandalorian lineage. Bo-Katana agrees to help rescue Grogu from Muff Gideon in exchange for the Darksaber, which Gideon has. Having learned from Dr. Pershing that the cruiser is defended by dark trooper droids, Fett deceives the Imperials into allowing the others to crash land into the cruiser's fighter launch tube. Bo-Katana, Reeves, Fennec, and Dune fight through the stormtroopers to the ship's bridge, while the Mandalorian attempts to seal off the dark troopers. Although one breaks through his through, he manages to defeat it after a prolonged struggle using his Beskar spear and ejects the others out of the airlock. Gideon, who is guarding Grogu, tries to bargain with the Mandalorian when confronted, but immediately re-engages and attacks the Mandalorian with the Darksaber. The Mandalorian overpowers the Muff and brings him and Grogu to the others in the bridge. Gideon attempts to goad Bo-Katana into attacking the Mandalorian for possession of the Darksaber and a better claim on Mandalore since he won the right to own the weapon in combat. The dark troopers return and begin to slowly cut through the bridge's defenses. A single X-Wing lands, piloted by the Jedi Knight, who engages and destroys all the dark troopers. Gideon seizes his opportunity and shoots Bo-Katan with his hidden blaster, but the Mandalorian protects Grogu by blocking a shot meant for him. Refusing to surrender, Gideon tries to shoot himself, but is disarmed by Dune, and the Mandalorian, overruling the other's objections, opens the blast door to the Jedi. Was revealed to be Luke Skywalker. Grogu hesitates to leave with Skywalker until the Mandalorian permits him to go with the Jedi to complete his training. The Mandalorian removes his helmet to allow Grogu to get a proper goodbye and cheerfully looks on as Skywalker, continuing by R2-D2, departs with him. Post-credit scene, Fett and Fennec invade Jabba the Hutt's palace on Tatooine and kill Bid Fortuna and his guards. Yeah, gotta include <sighs> that last scene. Um, even though <clears throat> yes. that is tied into the book of Boba Fett instead, uh, it was still very influential in preparing us for the book of Boba Fett. But yeah, I would like to say before we begin that you and I both used uh, two different uh, styles of preparation for our synopsis on the two seasons. Cause I kind of, um, I went over most of them um, and uh, I didn't give a whole lot of information as episode by episode. <laughs> and of course you did the major ones from season two and gave mm -hmm. a more in-depth analysis on um, the happenings of the yep. specific episodes, which is which is fine. I just want to specify that um, that was how we did it. So, um, yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. It's uh, yeah. scary. So um, <laughs> for the first point, where would you rate this show uh, so far, seeing as how it was the first of its kind, followed by many shows in the years since? Because it was oh, the first... It. 
it was the first uh yeah, in 2019 I, I, so i give it a 10 oh wow yeah i would have to give it at least an 8 or a 9 um maybe probably a 10 oh it, it depends cuz i think that the only show that could possibly outdo it that's come out in the year since would maybe be andor but then again the mandalorian is a lot more entertaining than andor was but um yeah, I'd give it an eight or a nine, I think. What were your favorite parts? Huh? Oh, I like the the episode, the Jedi, the tragedy, the rescue, and the uh, one in between that, the believer. Mm-hmm. The Marshall was good too. It's just so long. Yeah, it was really long. It was one of the best episodes, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, seeing the, the usage of Moff Gideon's Star Cruiser. Uh, was it no? It was was it the light cruiser or the it was a cruiser? light cruiser? Light cruiser. Uh, the usage of his light cruiser in live action was cool because we'd seen them in Rebels before. They're like a smaller version of uh, Star Destroyers, but mm-hmm. um, and they're in Clone Wars too. Yeah, and in Clone Wars, that's right. They're a little bit more portable, um, and they have different aspects of build. Like you can fit, you know. Um, you can fit TIE fighters in the nose part at the front that fly out. So, yeah. They could have fit uh, ships in the uh, Republic. Yeah, line. yeah, you're right. exactly the same. Other than I think the engines are different. Yeah. I mean, the engines are on the back. But, uh, it's the same. Then, of course, there were so many new characters as well. I mean, uh, uh, there yeah. was the IG unit. What was the IG specific? IG-11. IG-11, okay. Um, it was cool seeing him, even though was sacrificed uh, and died Um, seeing Ahsoka Tano oh my goodness it was crazy and Bo-Katan and Bo-Katan yeah seeing both of them was it was almost like a reward and Luke Skywalker yeah yeah that's right but seeing Ahsoka Tano and uh, Bo-Katan was almost sort of like a reward for all those who had um, also watched the Clone Wars you know you're getting to see more of your animated characters in live action now and i mean also with in the book of boba fett seeing people like oh what's his name the bounty hunter oh cabane cabane yeah that's right um but yeah also luke skywalker oh my goodness so and even boba fett himself yeah what was your favorite episode overall i know you just stated a whole bunch that you like but was there one clear of the rest I like the fight, the one that they ended it on, the the the, the rest very last one. That's my favorite. Yeah, mine was probably it might be that one too. Although no, actually, I would say mine was probably uh, episode seven, the one before that from season two. Because seeing those juggernauts and oh, yeah. the danger of those heavy explosives that they're using uh, as the Mandalorian and Migs Mayfeld went undercover to the Imperial base uh, to gather uh, information. That was. That was a stunning episode and how close um, the fighting was and how almost brutal the combat was with the pirates that were trying to overtake the juggernauts and uh, yeah. explode all their uh, contacts, contents. So uh-huh. I thought that that was really cool. Also, the planet also the planet was cool. Um, yeah. Does it have a name? I can't remember. It must. It has a name. Okay. I don't remember it, though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, also in that episode, just seeing how the Imperials were celebrating the Mandalorian's achievements, not knowing yeah. that it was him. And they were like, yay, and like, we've never been as happy as we probably were seeing TIE Fighters come to the rescue. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought that that was funny. Um, and of course, we're seeing so many species now as well. I mean, we're seeing blurgs again. I uh, believe this is the first time we're seeing them in live action. They were in yeah. Rebels. We're seeing blurgs. And in Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, and in Clone Wars. That's right. Uh, Yoda's species. Uh, Ugnaughts, mm-hmm. of course, with Queel. Uh, may he uh, rest in peace. <laughs> um, the frog creature, who I don't believe yeah, has a name. Frog lady. Frog lady and her eggs. Um, mm-hmm. Tessics, uh, Jawas. Yeah, there's just so many. And then, of course, the ice spider, which you didn't cover from season yeah. two. But there was also that ice idea. spider that the Mandalorian was fighting ice in. Ice spider, the giant things on Corvus. Yes, the giant things on the Corvus. That were, they look like they were Ralph McQuarrie sketches or something like that. Yeah, they just walked around eating dead trees. Yeah, and they had like two legs and... No, they had four legs. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah, that's right, they did. Yeah, and then giant mouth. Don't know why I was thinking two legs. Mm. Um, But yeah, the fact that the Mandalorian wasn't actually originally a Mandalorian, I thought was very fascinating, that he was brought in as a child to join the guild. Seeing the hazy scene of his rescue as a child was fascinating, and also seeing all the faint separatist vehicles and droids in the background what are some of the droids and vehicles we might have seen there I were thought, i know i saw uh battle b1 battle droids super battle droids i think there was a, a separatist uh the gunship fly yeah separatist gunship the ones that fly and also talk i'm pretty sure uh from season yeah. season five of the clone wars they're talking and yeah. it's kind of weird uh yeah, i couldn't I, I was like what yeah this thing's talk it's like big spaceships that talk. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. But it was kind of cool. They, they had good voices. Um, yeah. Something that I didn't necessarily like as much, and I've heard a lot of different people talk about this, uh, the progression of sort of the civility from the Tuscan Raiders, seeing how in, say, the original trilogy, oh, yeah. with A New Hope and stuff, they yeah. were like crazy, but and they were... Um, they're just much more violent. Yeah, they were mean. They were violent. They were, they were raiders. Um, but yeah. now they're much more peaceful. Like they're adapting. They seem to adapt more to their circumstances, and they're willing to help other people, as we see in the first episode of the second season. So, uh, yeah, I didn't. I don't think I like that as much because I like them seeing seen more as villains. And of course, also in the book of Boa Fett, they have been kind of dumbed down to look better i don't know like in the book of Boba fett he says that it was just that tribe it was yeah yeah you're right it was just that specific tribe but yeah i was thinking tuscan raiders as a whole but yeah you're right also the crate dragon my goodness the crate dragon is huge that thing is huge didn't you say you made a lego thing of it was that right you made like the skeleton Mm -hmm. or is that something else no that was actually supposed to be the great devourer from ninjago but you could say it was a great dragon Uh, when you it showed the picture to me, like I it. thought that it was okay. I thought that it was a thing. Okay. I thought it was a skeleton that they were digging up. Yeah, it really would have worked for the skeleton that skull that I made. Yeah. Yeah. If you stuck it on your jaw on your jaw while sand crawler, and it would have looked like <laughs> Yeah. It would have. It really did. It was it was bendy, it was all white, it was yeah. a on skeleton that you would see on Tatooine. Um uh, yeah. Okay, another big thing, uh probably should have addressed sooner. Um, rather than dig into the little bits, Grogu. Let's talk about him a little bit. So, oh, yeah, he's Yoda species. Um, he's 50 years old. He's 50 years old. And 
we know that he's from the Jedi Temple now after mm-hmm. the flashback scene. He survived scenes. Order 66. Yeah, he survived Order 66. But we don't know how quite yet. But you think it's nope. Professor Huang, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Professor Huang, Huang the droid yeah. from uh, the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk more about that later when we're uh, covering our anticipation for season yep, three. Yep, the eight new seasons of... Uh, you mean episodes? Episodes, sorry. Yeah. Of the Mandalorian. Um, all right. So is the Mandalorian overrated? Oh, wait, why am I asking you this? Of course, you <laughs> said you already rated it 10. But <laughs> um, what do you think makes this show so popular? What do you think it makes it as good as it is? Hmm. The Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but I feel I feel like there. Yeah, I think honestly, the key to this show would probably be Grogu. Um, you I don't know. know. It wouldn't be very great without the Mandalorian either. I think he'd be fine. You. So you're He's, saying yeah. you think that they're both essential to each other? Yes. Way. Yeah, I it would wouldn't agree. work with one, and it wouldn't work without the other. I would agree because if you just had Grogu, that would be silly. And if you just had the Mandalorian, uh, that'd be cold and not really attractive to say uh, other audiences, maybe younger audiences. It'd it be, would just be it'd be like Andor, except yeah, with a bounty hunter like Andor. Around, killing people. <laughs> yeah, the Mandalorian would be a lot more cold if his heart hadn't been softened by Grogu. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that they work out together. They mm-hmm. there's a mixture of. Uh, humor and lightness but then also you know the darkness of the mandalorian and the fact that he's a almost like a cold-blooded bounty hunter in most circumstances Mm -hmm. (laughs) um seeing luke skywalker as we already said at the end of season two um plus also additionally in the book of boba fett it really serves as a testimony to the growing technology advancements these days these days in CGI because I mean yes it's really good today but being able to recreate um I guess 3D images of, of people uh, a person from 1977 uh, or 83 I no, think they 83 I think it was 1983 that was the year the um the Return yeah. of the Jedi came out yeah it was kind of 1983 after yeah, yeah so it was 40 years ago it was 40 years ago yeah that's right yeah yeah, I think that it's it's kind of creepy crazy. to think about it. I know. Well, I should actually probably say also we did see Luke Skywalker in the end, or no, partway through the Rise of Skywalker, right? Ninth movie, but we we didn't really see them that well. We saw a second. It was just for a second. We saw Luke and Leia, uh, but mm. this was more of an in depth dive. And I feel like they're doing a really good job with him. I think there is yeah. it's a little iffy with the voice. I feel like with the voice, it sounds a little maybe monotone and kind of i wouldn't say robotic but just maybe a little bit abnormal but they're doing a really good job for what they've produced so far um so congrats to them what's been really interesting to see is the forces um the meager remains of the empire and work Um, the stormtroopers seem more powerful than those in the original trilogy well they're the best they're the best because they're the survivors yeah, they're the survivors and they're the hardcore believers. They are, yeah, that is a good point. They're the hardcore believers, and hey, I mean, they're under Moff Gideon, so and he yeah. is scary, ruthless, very he ruthless. He may only be underneath Grand uh, Admiral Grand Admiral Thrawn, and we both know how ruthless he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a very we'll interesting. Find out that guy. the remnants of the Empire aren't so much of a 
remnant. Yeah, I know. Like you're seeing all these ships. I mean, there has been the light cruiser and but yeah, there have been like there's like the base on Navarro we see in season two. Yeah. Um, there's just different outposts that it just doesn't seem like the New Republic has gotten to, which is crazy because you know mm. they're they're on Navarro now and they're they have a heavy influence on the town and the fact that well they did come after um the town i mean not the town the uh imperial base was mm -hmm. destroyed on navarro yeah. but yeah another thing uh the undying phrase of this is the way my oh, goodness yeah. that thing has exploded like so many people i know will just say that randomly this and is the way this is the way and so i just think it's a really good one um, yeah yeah how does the traditional or how does the tradition, I should say, of keeping one's helmets on a, a on, bleh, sorry, on how does the tradition, the how, yeah, how does that uh, rule of the Mandalorian's guild come across to you? Uh, as a bit, um, almost as what uh, Bo-Katan calls it, a group of fanatics. Yeah, fanatics, and I would they're think not mainline. Or well, they're mainline now because they're the only ones left. Yeah, they are because they didn't follow her. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, yeah, I would think that I, if I was a Mandalorian, I would take off my helmet all the time. I mean, it's very, it's hardcore to leave your helmet on all the time in front of other people, and so. But and then, of course, we see the Mandalorian kind of breaking that tradition uh, a few well, times. He sleeps in it. I know. Well, like, he like, does take it off to that. eat. He does take it off to eat because he's sitting in his ship. Uh, uh, he takes it off once to eat. He takes it off once to eat, and then he lifts up his helmet, but you don't yeah, see he his like face to takes drink. It up just to yeah. put it in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, that was in the Ice Spider episode yeah. two. Yeah. Um, also, another interesting storyline is how uh, is of the IG unit's progression of being wrongful at the beginning of season one to redeeming oh, himself. Being, yeah. Sorry. My mic just fell <laughs> um, of redeeming himself through sacrifice. Do you think that this may have changed the Mandalorian's perspective on droids, even if it was just a little bit? Yeah, I, I think it has. Yeah. Cause he acts different towards them in the book of Boba Fett. And I think we're going to definitely see how he acts different towards them now. Cause he's going to go to a parlor full of droids. Yeah. Including right. battle droids. <laughs> yeah, that'll be exciting <laughs> to see. Yeah. Um, look, okay, we, we already talked about Ahsoka. How it's exciting to see her again. Um, how okay, I do want to delve into this a little bit. How do you, how well do you think that the actress who did Ahsoka did in the I think in the, she did great. I think she did too. I mean, I really wish there was a way they could have incorporated the voice actress of Ahsoka in the other shows into playing her in live action but um for what they did i think she the other actor actress did a good job fine yeah she definitely seemed to have the same personality i would say so yeah uh, although her head tails her um like who no her, not like yeah who. they shortened her like who but they shortened honestly, them yeah that was a good decision because uh <clears throat> she probably wouldn't be able to detect anything if they made them like as long as they are in rebel yeah, as long as in um, it would have broken her neck or it would have, but it really is almost off. 
it really is, even though it does make it a lot easier, it is kind of an error, really, because, yeah, in Rebels, they're yeah. longer. And with the Tegruta species, they just grow longer and longer. We see this with Shakti, the yeah. Jedi. We see how it goes down to her feet. Um, so, yeah, it was it was an error. But like you said, it did make things a lot easier, especially for yeah, when she's fighting. don't see Shakti, like, in any of the scenes you see her in, in the pre- in the prequel trilogy she's not running around jumping or doing flips yeah yeah she's really she's not. just standing there yeah um so why do you think maybe that they're focusing the show on one random it seems mandalorian when there's other others on the higher part of chain of command like bo katan that would be more interesting to follow I think they're focusing on him because she would be too too knowledgeable or too, knowledgeable, too well yeah. known. So they've decided to create a new character. Mm-hmm. New show, new character. But also yeah. I can't see them doing a TV show about anybody else yeah. anyway now that they've already done it. He almost seems like he's become iconic in his own way for mm-hmm. even those people out there who really aren't Star Wars fans. A lot of people know everybody him. knows who the Mandalorian Yeah, everybody is. knows now because he was such an explosion uh, with mm-hmm. Disney Plus, um, yeah. first of his kind. And so, yeah, he built Disney Plus, the Mandalorian. I know, yeah, he, he built, built it. The house of Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, he's at the top of the family tree now. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, he's sitting. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. sitting there, and probably next to him would be Wanda. <laughs> Wanda, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wanda Vision. Yeah, yeah, I know. I haven't seen that, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, so. that's probably it, yeah. Um, it's okay. Yeah, interesting. I like the Mandalorian better. <laughs> well, yeah, everything Star Wars is better. Uh, it feels like with his almost like pop culture that he's exploded the Mandalorian. He almost seems like he's just as popular as Boba Fett, or do you think I'm wrong? I think he might be more popular. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I feel like Boba Fett, he's steadily been around for the last yeah. like, 40 years, but mm-hmm. he's never had a spike um, in popularity like the Mandalorian had three, Actually, four years Actually, he ago. did have a spike. Oh, really? That was back before we were... Well, yeah, that was in like the 80s. Yeah. Yes, when he was. You're right. Because if you go back and look at the um, uh, Under the Helmet Book of Boba Fett, I think it's like a 24 minute documentary. They are talking about him from the 80s, and there is sort of a reasonable spike. I guess you're right um, in his popularity. But definitely the Mandalorian, at least in the current age, is much more popular. Even though Mm. the Book of Boba, I mean, even though Boba Fett has been involved now, I thought that that was. Really cool. Yeah. How did how did you like um, uh, Boba Fett's return? Did you agree with oh, it? I liked did you it. Support it. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It was cool seeing him return. I didn't want him to die in the Sarlacc. But it was cool mm, to yeah, see him come no. back. I never ever believed he died in the Sarlacc. Yeah. It. It's, yeah. It really. It was just too cool. I think you're right. <laughs> um. So maybe we should talk a little bit about the dark saber. Um, oh yeah. So okay, I think you, it goes from yeah, I, you, how I put it is it starts out as just this weapon that Previsla has in the Clone Wars. 
And from there, it goes to being like a symbol of leadership when Maul finally steals it, kind of sort of later, but not quite. It's just a really cool weapon that he uses to fight. It's like a Jedi lightsaber, ancient lightsaber. And then by Rebels, we learn that it's the mark of the ruler of Mandalore. And yeah. whoever has it is the leader of Mandalore. Yeah. Now we've learned from the Mandalorian how you become the ruler of Mandalore is you must defeat each other. The, the one who wishes to rule Mandalore must defeat the former ruler in combat and claim the saber. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, there... And and I thought it was interesting talking more about the dark saber. How we saw this with Paz Vizsla, um, another Mandalorian in the show, and also with Sabine Wren in Rebels. When they were trying to handle it, they were kind of stubborn, and they were. Oh man, my microphone just fell again. Yeah. Um, sorry. Anyway, they were both. Um, they were just. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word. Probably stubborn. And anyway, the the lightsaber, the dark saber. Uh, it ended up being the kind. It was really heavy because they yeah. were really submitting themselves to it, and we see that a little bit with the Mandalorian himself. But then, of course, he also uh, submits to it, and so or yeah. he he submits to it, and so yeah, he kind of becomes the owner, and he would yeah, he definitely won it in combat, like it's supposed to be when you inherit the dark saber. So so you know. now he must rule Mandalore. <laughs> yeah. Which I hope he does. I really do yeah, hope he does. I think he'd be fine. It would really make sense. Because um, he could even unite the regular Mandalorians and the ones that don't take off the helmets. Yeah. I feel like... Once he goes and atones for his sins. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it, and it would make it would make sense because looking back across this, at least at the beginning, it seemed like, oh, yeah, like I already said, he he's just kind of seems insignificant. They're just picking a Mandalorian. But now... If they do in season three make him the rule, if that makes sense, it's showing his progression um, mm -hmm. throughout maybe like a year period um, from just being this one sort of insignificant Mandalorian to the ruler of them all. That's what I'm hoping mm -hmm. he'll be. Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool. But um, yeah, I almost kind of got the idea that when they originally created the Darksaber, it was just this cool Mandalorian weapon that allowed. Uh, Previsla to survive fighting with B one. Yeah, yeah. Who was the first one to have it? We already talked about this at some point. Yeah. In uh, the other oh, Paz Vizsla, the very first Tar, Tar Vizsla. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. He created it. He was a Jedi Mandalorian. Yeah, that's right. And then when he died, the Jedi either took it or he was at the Jedi Temple when he died, and so it stayed there until the Mandalorian stole it back. Mm -hmm. And then it was passed down. For, through the house of Vizsla until Previsla got it. And then when he died, Maul took it and then Sabine took it, just stole it from him. And that one episode with the ghosts on Dothmere. And then she gave it to, um, what's her name? Uh, Bo-Katana cries, but we discovered that that was not lawful that mm -hmm. to just give it, she should have fought. Each, they should have fought each other for it. And then, <laughs> uh, Moff Gideon defeats her. Bo-Katana cries and takes the Darksaber and destroys Mandalore on orders from the Empire. And then the Mandalorian takes it from him after defeating him in combat. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, is there anything else we should cover? Because there's probably a lot more that we could cover. In oh, we could go on forever. We could. I think maybe we should get ourselves out of this and uh, oh, launch into the Arnav. Mm, yes. The Razor Crest. 
Oh my goodness. I think rest I thought I already said something about that, but yeah, you're right. The razor crest. Oh my goodness. Yes. Rest in peace. Uh, that is almost as iconic as the Mandalorian himself. It really is. And I mean, with the different ships they've made, they've made two, right? They made the smaller one and then the UCS. Yeah. For Legos. And then they're all over the place, but yeah, it's almost become as iconic as the millennium Falcon. I'd say. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of a high rating. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's definitely not as fast as the Millennium Falcon, but yeah, it's no, just very iconic because it's, it's falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, think I don't think I think only at the end, at the very end, does he finally have it all together, and then it mm-hmm. gets blown up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely an iconic ship. It's very rememberable. Rest in peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, let's launch into our analysis. And preparation for season three now. So, okay. Yeah, what are you excited for after watching the preview? Well, I'm excited for what it looks like. Him going back to Mandalore. What's going to happen with Dr. Pershing. um, All those broken uh, Star Destroyers. And being chased on that planet with all the things. Finding out what happened to the Baby Yoda. And uh, where that planet is, where there's monkey lizards and they're fighting a bunch of raiders, pirates, guys. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because we'll see Salicious Crumbs species again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'll be really cool to see them again. Have we seen them in other places? I don't think we have. Yeah, they're on Navarro. They're eating. Oh, them. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Uh, other than Navarro, episode. they were also in the Resistance, Star Wars Resistance. So oh, yeah. There was the big one. <laughs> That look there was a like, big one in a bunch of the little ones. It was that one was yeah. an ape. Quack, yeah, that, that's right. Walking ape monkey lizard ape. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh Babu Frick's species is returning. Is it him or yes. is it just a species? I think it's just uh it was just it was several of them. Yeah, there was a whole family living in like a little house. We see one, we see two a couple of them, and then we see another one in a different scene. So it'll be really cool to yeah. see more about of them. Another thing, uh Cara Dune, the ex-Shock Trooper, will not be coming back because... Oh. Did you hear about that? No, I did not. Uh, I think it was a year or two ago she was fired from the set for uh, political reasons. <laughs> oh. I think it was because she had opinions that uh, disagreed with um, the set. So she was fired. Unfortunately, we won't see her again. It'll be kind of disappointing, but there's a lot of other people that we'll be able to see. So, yeah. So, again, this is kind of Yes, you can always answer yes to the end of this question. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, but will we see Admiral Thrawn? Mm, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think so, we'll see him. At least not if he doesn't actually show up, maybe like in the end. Yeah, like in the end, end scenes, on a holographic image. Yeah. Ah, I don't even think on a holographic image. Maybe we'll see him like like whoever it is in the end, mm-hmm. like Dr. Pershing or whoever is calling him. And then he's standing in front of a window looking out. And he's like, oh, oh yeah. It could and be he that. he around. And then you see it is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now, there may be somebody who has been decided on. But who do know. you think would play him the best? I think the guy who plays uh, Loki. Hands down. I agree with you. Just get the right hairstyle. And he looks completely like, uh, about, like Thrawn right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It'll be really cool. And... Ezra Bridger, I mean, could also appear. I heard something about the actor hmm. who could be playing him. I thought, like I thought he was he was going to just be in Ahsoka. 
he might just be in Ahsoka, but oh yeah, that might have been Ahsoka. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. he could appear at some point somewhere. Anyway, what are your biggest expectations as far as the storyline? I'm interested in them going back to Mandalore. Yeah. Do you think that they'll go back like. to the remains of the capital Sundari? I think it is. Uh, it looks like that's where they go. Because it's destroyed. It's like a ball formation. I already talked about this in one of the other yes. episodes. So yeah, we kind of already covered that. Do you think that Boba Fett will really have much to play in this season? Or maybe he won't be as influential seeing as how he's really Tatooine. I see him because he goes back to Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah, he does go back to Tatooine. So I can't see like the way that they're friends, yeah. you know, I don't see him going back to tattooing and not at least saying, Hey, yeah. Um, Moff Gideon won't return. He'll most likely be stuck in a new Republic prison cell. Do you think, I mean, I don't I see don't why know. We he seems crafty enough to get out. He does, but up. I wonder what they would use him for, think, especially if they were to bring in Thrawn, but yeah. Uh, I think the really reason, I don't think you can get rid of him unless you kill him. Yeah, actually, that's a good thought. I mean, he did. He was good with the dark saber when he was fighting the Mandalorian. Uh, he does seem pretty crafty enough to be able to get his way out of there. But we'll just have to see. I think he wouldn't really have too much of an influential role to play uh, if he returned. I can't think of what he would do. I mean, he could always just keep fighting the Mandalorian, but feels like Thrawn would have more off to offer. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. oh, by the way, for all of you who may not know who Thrawn is. He's this oh, yes. green alien. Oh, what's his species? He's blue. He's, he's blue. He Under looks like a human. Regions. He looks like a human, um, but he's a chiss, which means he's blue. And his With hair's a little eyes. different. And he has red eyes. And uh, his voice is incredibly creepy. And again, that sounds like <laughs> It just sounds voice. nasally. Yeah, it's, nasally. Uh, nasally. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good way and to put it. Extreme, and he's an extremely brilliant te- uh, tactician. He's very smart. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's very an art collector. Yeah, he collects art. He has he has an appreciation for things deeper down that other bad guys necess- wouldn't necessarily. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. there is that. Uh, I really hope he does appear. Um, yes. Now for our final thing of the day. Wow, this episode has been really long. I think it's our longest mm-hmm. by a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, where do you think? Um, the likelihood will be that the Mandalorian will become a rule, uh, the ruler of Mandalore once it's been established again. I think it's pretty it's high, pretty at least right now. Pretty yeah. likely. I don't see him giving the dark the dark saber to um, Bo Katan. I don't think she she could. She failed him. last time she was given. Um, yeah, I mean, why give it to her again? She was a failure. Yeah, and she's got to be. She's failed for a long time now. She's failed since the Clone yeah. Wars. So she uh, basically just seems to be a vengeful warrior. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. The Mandalorian, he's new and he seems very. But he seems a bit more uh, balanced. Yeah, balanced. That's a he's good not just going around beating up people just because he wants the dark saber back. He <laughs> makes more sense as a leader because he didn't even want it to begin with. Yeah, that is a good way to. Um, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Do you think? I feel like there's so much more we could discuss as we sort of already said when we were wrapping up our season one and two review. Uh, do you think really there's anything more we should discuss before we wrap up? I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, I think we are good. This we talked for a while, so yeah. <laughs> hopefully, um, hopefully we've covered it well 
for y'all listeners. <laughs> uh, so yeah, okay then. <clears throat> it's time to end, and because uh, this is the way. Yep. We'll this see you again. Way. We'll see you again this weekend, maybe Friday, uh, most likely Saturday or Sunday morning again. Uh, we'll see you sometime around then, potentially with a new guest speaker. It still isn't quite confirmed yet, but it looks like they'll be coming on. And if not, they will come on later uh, to discuss the latest episode or episodes of The Mandalorian. Do we actually know how many episodes will be released Eight. at first? At first. I, th- I, heard a, I heard a rumor that it was supposed to be uh, 16 episodes, but it's only – I looked it up and it's only eight. But no, I no, think at only first. One. I oh, think okay, only one. one. Okay. But, of yeah. course, it could be like an hour long. <laughs> I think I heard officially there will – when it's done, be 24 episodes. And so there's already 16 out, so that means yeah. it will probably only be – yeah, eight. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll see you guys, you listeners. I'll see you, Philip, again next week. No, yep. later this week. <laughs> yep. So, um, see you guys later. And you can send in a question, maybe about the Mandalorian, to be answered on the show to aidencmpass at gmail.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know on how you think that we're doing. And please don't make it. Get back to you. Yeah. We will <laughs> get back <laughs> to you. We will <laughs> uh, see y'all soon. Goodbye. Bye.